Well, you never know. It could just be like two different teams working together. Team deathmatch? Absolutely. Do we have rope? We have enough rope, right? I, ha- I have rope. I, I have rope. I have I, 50 feet of rope. I also have a net. Ooh. Ooh, a net. I don't imagine that that's the kind of test this is. Oh, you have no idea what kind of test it is, though. Maybe it is like the Olympics. Maybe it's swimming. Maybe it's just like a giant maze that you have to race to get out of first. You don't know. All I know is a net. Maybe there's just a written test. Look after me? Why not the rest of them? Why can't they look after me? Mr. Smoot! I'm with a little lady on this one. I think he thinks we're gonna die. The man that you saw at the tavern the previous day, who had just left with that bottle in his hand, if anybody remembers that character. Oh, no, 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 The drunk guy? Uncle John! You see stone walls engulfing you. This is a giant cavern. Shall we begin? Hello, hello, and welcome back, foundlings. It is I, your game master and host for this week's episode of The Gate Chronicles. My name is Emily. You also might know me as Snow from the other podcast, Sorta Online Odds, still under missing roleplayer fan because, you know, we're one big happy family of people. And yes, so today we are continuing with The Gate Chronicles, and we're going to go around the table and introduce ourselves. Hi, I'm Quentin. I play Charles Smoot. 57-year-old biology teacher born and raised in upstate New York, eager to get this initiation underway. Hello, my name is uh, Jaden, and I'll be playing Finnevere Avir, a bard and aspiring seeker. Hello, I am Andrew, and I play Alan Taylor, the man with an inconsistent country accent from beautiful Bland of Ohio. <laughs> Hi, my name is Zach. I play Alfred Kenneth Mast, uh, a Former pharmaceutical engineer learning to use the strange magic of this world as an alchemist. And then he adds his own little spice. I don't know what, sp- what spice you adding today. All spice? Does, does flour count as a spice? <laughs> That's a base, but we'll, we'll take it. That is a chaotic neutral answer if I ever heard one. Let's get started. Quick shout out to Will Savino with Music D20 and Michael Gelfi for for providing a lot of the ambiances and music that we use in today's episode. Make sure you guys go check them out. They are great music producers. We love them. And yes, so let's now get started. The day of initiation has arrived. Finnevere, Mest, Alan, Kelsey, and Cece, <coughs> excuse me, Brunhilda, have teamed up in preparation while Charles Smoot has elected to go it alone. Their arrival to the keep that morning eventually led them to a mirror, and then to a strange underground cavern. With the unnerving Lord Eden's cryptic monologue still looming, will they make it out of this trial all right? A gentle breeze rushes the grassy valley below you, in which you also note rolling hills, gullies, and jagged cliffs stretching far across to the various sides of this cavern. That's right. You're underground somewhere, in a seemingly impossible environment illuminated by an indiscernible source on the ceiling. You see the stone walls encasing you, 
curving into a dome thousands of feet in the air. You also notice what appear to be birds flying near the top of the cavern, but it's difficult to discern exactly what they are. If you would all like to make a perception check, you may do so. That is a total 20 for Alan Taylor looking at the evil birds. Okay. 17 for Charles Smoot. And a general perception. A 13 for Finnevere. I have a 14 for Alfred. Okay. Uh, Alan Taylor, you specifically looking at the birds from a distance, they are several hundred feet in the air and also several hundred feet away from you. It's hard to tell, but with the way that you're able to see them, you can definitely tell that they are very big birds. They are big boids. Boids? Yeah, they're big birds of some kind. You can't really see much detail from here, though. Hopefully you don't get a closer look. We're in enemy territory. Those are enemy birds. Those are enemy birds. Yes. Did we get a, a tailorable quote? <laughs> Those are enemy birds. Those are enemy birds. <laughs> well, you all see... All of these things, although taking a more general glance around where you are in the cavern, you can actually see pretty much all of the walls. So you seem to be against a back wall. And maybe to the right, it extends a little bit further, a little bit beyond your vision. But from where you stand, you have an excellent overview of the landscape. You see that to the north, it appears that there are these Tall green covered spires of some kind, definitely appearing to be buildings or the structures of old buildings there. Towards the south, there are remains that seem partially buried in the cave walls, at least not human remains or anything like that, but again, structural remains that are buried and collapsed under walls of the cave. To the east, you see a low valley with tall tree-like structures and then to the west it's a bit more barren and it appears to be more so a lot of space in between the edge towards the back wall of the west side where you can see a small structure but it appears to be more of a barren area maybe some greenery there but it's hard to tell and as you all are still looking around the room your eyes actually catch upon John Xavier, who is standing behind everyone, behind the entire group of these initiates towards the back wall by the giant mirror. And next to him are two other individuals. It appears to be one of the twins. You're not sure which one it is. And then there is another man there who is dark-skinned, muscular, shaved on his head, wearing two gold bands on both of his biceps and you can also make note that he is only wearing pants right now as you also are now aware of how hot and humid it is it feels to be almost sensation wise maybe about 100 degrees maybe a little bit cooler it's hard to tell all right i better not get put in jail for this one but it is too hot for this shirt smooth takes off his shirt you hear no complaints actually you you get some people who stare at you in confusion. Why would anyone... What? It's too hot for this right now. You see the humidity? Want me to be sweating? Sir, you can't really see the humidity. Not with your eyes. Oh, uh, I'd like to ask a clarifying question. Yes. Uh, would it be to correct to think, since we are, are towards one of the walls of this dome, that we would be towards the west side? Or a north-ish, west-ish side? Yeah, what side are we closest to? So, from 
What you can see, you guys are against a wall of sorts. You can see a majority of the cavern. But like I said, towards your right side, and none of you brought a compass, so it's hard to orient yourselves with the actual direction of the earth, but you are underground against a wall. There appears to be extending to your right side a little bit further of the cave that seems to curve around. You can't get quite a view of it, but if you're facing the wall and you're facing a direction, north is whatever direction you so just choose. So if it's to your right, to the right would be considered your east. So on a plateau, pretty much in the center of this area, and all of these various structures and whatever biome they are in are somewhere in a cardinal direction corresponding with our central location. Yes. The only thing that I worded there that I, I realized that that was confusing and I apologize is that there is a seemingly like structural wall that is behind you that the mirror is up against. Okay. That was my failure to explain that and I apologize. But if we go back that way on the other side of the wall would be the southern direction. Yeah. My assumption was that we could see a dome-like surface on the ceiling and therefore designate our general area of all this surrounding area from that. Yeah, so the, the, the roof itself of this cavern is dome-like. It does arc in and close in on itself. There is no sky visible. There is a sort of light up on there but you can't tell what it is that is emitting the light. Nobody shouted it. I want the... <laughs> oh, thank you for getting that. I'm so happy. Oh, Atlantis. I love that movie. Oh, I was thinking Blackreach Caverns from Skyrim. If you shouted it, a dragon appears. Oh, wait, no. you're right. In Atlantis, it... if they threw, I think it was fire or light, like actual light. Yeah, it was actual light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were fireflies. <laughs> oh, wow. oh, no, that's so much worse. <laughs> I'll fight the dragon, please. So... When you guys came out of the mirror, you walked out onto a raised dais of marble, and there are stairs. The entire area of this appears to be, like, the, the dais itself is about 200 feet in diameter on its own. Meanwhile, the way that, the, with how large the cavern is, it's hard to tell, but it looks like it is several miles long in each direction. You can also tell that, for the most part, a lot of the cavern seems to be lush, with a variety of green flora. There are some areas that have some glowing stuff, but it almost looks like a mini surface, a mini earth. Amazing. Such a confined ecosystem. It's beautiful. Yeah, there's this thing called hollow earth theory back where we came from that basically the core of the earth wasn't actually filled with nothing but rocks, but there is actually its own ecosystem underground. Could be something similar. It was not a popular theory. Does Not within real science circles. Well, yes. There are many murmurs traveling through this group of individuals, and you can see, in equal to your wonder and amazement, similar emotions being spread and similar conversations, until finally, Lord Eden speaks up. Yes, well, get all your idle chatter out of the way. We'll be getting started soon. And she claps her hands, and you see that the young, younger twin on the wall, whichever one it is, you can pick, I don't care. <laughs> you can make a guess, and maybe you're right, maybe you're wrong. It's a 50 which, 50 shot. Which way is their, which way is their hair? Mm, Randy. Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm. if I remember correctly, that was a distinctive feature of the two. It was a distinctive feature. Now, the question is do you remember which one? No. <laughs> <laughs> Neither does the GM. <laughs> of course. Um, hold on. Let me think. It's a Nora and Zora. It's on the right. 
It's Zora. It, I was also thinking Zora. I don't know their names. <laughs> Nora I and didn't. Zora. Z's point mostly to the right. That must mean that it's it's a Z. It's for Zora. You will find out. Who knows? Their, their names are identical except for one rotated character. <laughs> <laughs> the worst part is, I didn't think about that until just now. Okay. The, the question is, what, did they name themselves or is it their parents that named them? So, the twin runs over from the wall at the clap of Lord Eden. She appears to be carrying a box-like structure, not completely opaque, somewhat translucent, but it seems to have some sort of a ball inside of it. She runs over to where Eden is standing, and she herself is actually at the peak of this plateau, looking over the entire expanse of this cavern. And as the twin runs up, she places the box at her feet and she taps on the lid three times. And then you see as a light flickers inside of it. And then all of a sudden you see a sort of hologram appear in the air hovering. It appears to be a timer or a clock of some kind. Eden smiles creepily. Well, I hope you're ready, dears. The rules are simple. Within this cavern, there are relics hidden. Most of them are in the ruins around here. Your job is to go and bring a relic back. For those of you who signed up in groups, you must bring one. And for those of you who signed up by yourselves, you must also bring one. I do not care how you do it. I just care that you return with it, and just to make it a bit more interesting, there are only twelve, and yet there are more of you here, and she smiles and gestures, and your eyes scan around, and you can see that some people are definitively divided up into their own groups, and there are solo persons as well. It appears that there are about sixteen groups of individuals, about three to five in a party and with Charles Smoot included only six solos remain so so is that 16 groups and six solos yes Yes, so 22 people in total that means 10 people are getting cut so almost half well 10 instances are getting cut out of however many people there are all the way up to nobody getting any relics or quote go bring a relic back unquote Eden continues on after the murmuring and the crowd dies down. Yes, well, of course, as a party, you count as one, and therefore only one to finish, which also means that all members, or what remains of them, must return as well. You have 14 hours to complete this task. Anything goes, although it is not... Recommended that you murder each other, but it will happen. And, even better, bring more than one relic, and you will be ranked higher for promotion to the next level. And with that, she puts her hands back to her sides, and you see the numbers go from zero across the board, and they flash up the numbers 14, and they begin counting down. You may begin. Would it be a perception or survival check to determine which area is the closest to us? So it seems to be equidistant. 
Okay. I turn to everyone of the main party. All right. So it looks like they separated us into multiple different environments. Which one do you want to go for? I feel like the urban environment's probably best suited for most of us. It might be more advantageous to go to a place that's suited for less people in total, uh, such as the spies to the north. That's uh, what less I'm competition. That's the urban environment. That's the big building-y, Rooney place. South, we have caves. Urban. East. Oh, we... oh, oh, okay. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, well, yes, I completely agree. Uh, so, will you be accompanying us or uh, going it solo, uh, <gasps> Mr. Smoot? Mr. Smoot, you're going to come with us? Might this as well. Is so exciting. All right. Well, we must hunt out two relics at least. The other alternative is we could also go to the west where it seems like it's a barren area. There's only one location where it seems like might house relics, which means we'd have a good eye of how much competition we have. We can scout out what other groups are going for it. As you guys are having the conversation, you have seen that a lot of groups have actually started running off and you actually see flashes of light and other things happening now down below. People have seemed to jumped off the plateau to different levels or have climbed down. You can make a perception really quick though. Nine for Charles Smooth. 19 for Finnevere. 19 for Alan Taylor. 24 for Alfred. I rolled a three. Oh, well, Charles Smooth's focus is completely on where to go. And he is scanning the environment. And as he watches, he can see that people get very small very quickly. They're booking it. The rest of you, though, you take a moment and you scan around you. And you notice that there seems to be a few parties who have stuck behind, uh, notably... Alan Taylor is the individual with his party that had the spear and seemed to have run into earlier. Yeah, uh, regardless of where we go, I have one request, and it's that we wait for that guy to leave and go the opposite direction of him. He has been glaring daggers at me this whole time. I don't think we have too much of a choice. 14 hours may sound like a lot of time, but it'll disappear quickly. We have to travel, find the relics, more than one if we want Smoot to pass as well, and return. So I I vote we make haste. Real quick, you said this is at the top of a plateau. Does that mean you have to climb to get up? Oh, what? Yes. Did I? I'm sorry. You're at the top of a plateau. And with your perceptions and trust mood, I will give this to you because your character has been watching everything. You guys are hundreds of feet up in the air. There are different tiers and levels to the... Uh, to the platform itself that you can climb down to. But at the peak of this plateau, you are hundreds of feet in the air overlooking. Actually, probably about a thousand feet in the air, actually, when I think about it, because of how tall this cavern is. You are very high up in the air, and it's going to take some time for you guys to get down. All right. So the first obstacle is getting down. I have two sets of climbing gear. Do we have rope? I have rope. I've got rope, a hammer, and a python. All right, so if we have rope, that makes things so much easier. It just depends on how much we have to use. I agree. There's going to be a lot of climbing. All right. Who's the best with knots? Who trusts the hands? Probably me. Kelsey points to Charles Smoot. I would trust the the nature guy. All right, Smoot, you're up. Taylor. Ah, you're on hammer duty. Yep. I hand him the ham- a-, a hammer and a python from one of my sets. Okay. Uh, so just as you are aware, uh, being able to tie off a rope can increase your climbing make it so much easier it decreases it to a chance of about five as as long as the rope is sturdily tied on and a python will help with climbing down it makes the dc about 15 but it takes time to hammer it in well yes uh but uh survival is the highest priority Mm -hmm. 
So, yes. Oh, uh, I will take a quick scan around and see if anyone has, uh, for lack of a better term, leftovers that they couldn't take or didn't make time to get back, such as leaving a python behind. Um, you see that there are some things that were left behind, but it's very slim pickings. Okay. Just making sure that nobody, like, you know, like, oh, yeah, I'll just jump down here and use it on my way back. Okay. That's so great. Uh, it's better that it's not that way. Otherwise, people will get up here way too fast. Uh... You guys hear behind you uh, the woman's voice in the other party. Oh, I tell you all to do these things, and it's so easy. We are going to go that way, and we are going to do it now. And then they run off towards... I roll a d4 because I didn't really know where they were going to go at the time. South! They go south. All right. So uh, I guess we start making our checks to get down. Where are you guys planning on going directionally? North. 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 You're going the complete north. opposite direction. Got it. Not unintentionally. I just wanted to go north. North. Okay. So you're heading toward the towards the tall green covered spires. Correct. Got it. Must I roll strength to drive the pitons into the, the rock face? So there are some structural places for you guys to tie off rope at the top. Pitons are usually driven into the face of the wall that you are climbing down. So your character has to begin climbing down and then he dangles for a bit by one-handed and has to hammer in the piton. Okay. Uh, well, if he wears the belt, then uh, odds of, like, you know, dying from falling or failing should mm -hmm. be uh, much less. Okay. So I, I, I'll give him the belt as well. How long does it take to set all that up with the belt, piton, and rope? Uh, does it matter? We have 14 hours, so time does matter. If we have to set it up six times and it takes 10 minutes and we burn through an hour just getting down. Well, so you got to remember, you have to be able to, if, if you put your gear, like, pitons in the wall, they kind of stay there. Well, that, that's the whole thing. You have to find a way to get the... Uh, if you want your pythons to come with you when climbing down, you must remove them on your way down, the last person. So let me just clarify. There are other platforms that lead down. There, yeah, are, some, walking, there, there are some that are about 50 feet in the air. There are some that are 10 feet in the air. So it's just going to be varying degrees. It just depends on how you want to go down. Easy way or hard way? Which way do you go? Fastest way. Okay. So let's just do it this way. Um, roll a survival for whoever is going to be tying knots. Making your own handholds and footholds. You make your own handholds and footholds by pounding pitons into a wall. Doing so takes one minute per piton, and one piton is needed per five feet of distance. Ooh. As Ooh. with any surface that offers handholds and footholds, a wall with pitons in it has a DC of 15. In the same way, a climber with a hand axe or similar implement can cut handholds in an ice wall. Every five feet, that means we're spending one minute every five feet. If there's a way to get down and just leave the pythons for, to, for, for time, when we come back up too, then nice. we will do that. But okay. if we won't have enough materials to get down, then we'll have to do something else. Well, she said it's hundreds of feet. How much rope do we have between all four of us? I have 50 feet. I only have 50 feet. I also have 50 feet. Would your characters decide then to take the time to look around and find an easier, safer way down? Yes. Did uh, anyone else leave any pythons and ropes? Jaden already asked that. Yeah, we, we already no, 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 answered no. that. I mean, left them dangling that they inserted themselves. Yes, Jaden already asked if, if there was any No, 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 that's not what he asked. Jaden had asked if anybody had left behind in their bags on, like, the surface is what I'm assuming. Oh, no, uh, that's not what I meant. But that's my fault for not uh, Yeah, I thought you meant, like, left gear behind because they didn't want to bring it with them, not build off of something that someone else already did. There are, indeed, stuff that's already there. It's just... I'd have to roll to see how sturdy and stable it is. I say we just build off of what someone else made. 
Uh, while mm -hmm. they're doing that, uh, you're saying would anyone take a look around to see what if there are any other options? Yeah. Uh, it would take time. I did roll perception when you said that. Twenty-four, if it matters. Okay, so your your character takes some time to look around. So you guys are trying to build off of what other people have. There are already some ropes that are dangling down, um, down a good distance towards another ledge that you can climb down upon. And then from there, you see that other people have already situated gear. There's some people that are still stuck there trying to figure out how to get down from there. But there are things that are already set in place. Uh, Finevere, you're looking around. It would take you about 20 minutes to find the safest path. Uh, well, if they're still trying to set things up, then I have nothing but time on my hands. You guys could climb down pretty quickly from what they already have set up if he continues to look around. Fenimir, it looks like there's something pre-existing over here that another group did. We can build off them and make it down quick. Sounds like a plan. Do you want me to sense motive to determine the integrity of that? Or would that be like knowledge engineering or survival? Mm, oh, that's actually a really good question. I would not say it's knowledge engineering. I would say it would be a survival check because that checks okay. like the integrity of ropes and whatnot. Yeah, 28. You can tell that a good number of the pitons is a piton, piton, python. It is pitons. It's pitons. Okay. I you like can You see that many of the pitons have been properly secured into the wall. There are some spots that are not well secured, but from the distance that you're at, most of them look pretty stable and sturdy. And you actually see some people climbing down now using them. All right. All right, everyone. All after me. Hopefully we don't get into a kerfuffle at the bottom of this. Someone might not be too happy that we jacked their gear. Okay. Um, anybody who is climbing down at this point, you're going to need to roll your climb. I'll go first, just in case the other group isn't too happy about it. I'm the first thing they see and hit. <laughs> Fair enough. I was going to say, uh, Alan rolled a 17. Charles Smoot has also a 17. Are you climbing down? Yes, um, but while we're climbing down, I do... Get an item out of my backpack and keep it close by. Uh, I I have it on my bandalore at the uh, grab and ready. Ten. How did I roll the best out of all of us with a negative? I, have I 19. rolled. I rolled twelve. Okay, so anybody who does not pass the DC for climbing down, you as long as you do not, if you fail by five or more, you fall. I failed by five. Yeah. <laughs> so. But how far is the fall? For the first one, it is a... Didn't you say it was like 50 to 100 feet? I said I said it varies. There are yeah. different levels. Um, this one is a 40-foot drop, but anybody who is beneath him, as long as they would not be encumbered, may try to catch him. You can attempt to catch the fallen character if they are within your reach. Doing so requires a successful melee touch attack against the fallen character, although they can voluntarily forgo any dexterity bonus to AC if desired. And if you hit... You immediately make it a climb check. DC is equivalent to the wall's DC plus 10. Otherwise, what he can that? fall. What you was the DC I, for the climb check? It's 10 plus the wall's DC, which is a 15. Well, Finn's going to take that option out of his hand, out of everyone else's hands. If possible, I'd like to kick myself away from the wall and perform so an action. You would like to perform an acrobatics, which can ignore the first 10 fall damage from falling. Uh, yes, I would like to do that. And I have an item for such a situation. Okay, go ahead and roll your acrobatics. Uh, that is a one plus six. Nice. That does not pass the DC okay. for acrobatics. In that case, I will throw out my impact foam okay. that I've been holding onto, onto the ground before I hit it. Okay, so you throw out the impact foam. Did I tell you what that did? Is that something we have uh, already? That is an item I've been holding onto since session zero. Impact foam. Does it reduce all damage to zero? Oh, no. What does it do? 
Uh, it will absorb 1d6 worth of damage uh, from the uh, from the fall and convert an additional d6 into non-lethal damage. That's not bad. That's actually not bad. Okay. All right. Obviously, so. one-time use. How many of those do you have? That's it. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, have fun with your 3d6s. That's what happens when caravans have short supply. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, Finnevere begins climbing down using the pitons to give himself some support. Unfortunately, with all the weight that has already been there, it seems that one of them slips and you're, you lose your handhold and your footing and you end up falling. <laughs> you tried to push yourself away from the wall, but you managed to only do just barely and you actually brush directly past Mest, who you make eye contact with as you scream. There's, there's just a <laughs> second. <laughs> there's just a split second where fit of it. Thought process. A Wait, Finnevere was above me, right? <laughs> uh, a, a mutual look of, oh no. So you throw it down and you just see this of, and then like pinkish colored foam just sprays out and it actually creates a nice cushion for you to land on. Although you do feel as your body crashes into <gasps> the ground and your bag also helps to lessen the impact just a little bit. But unfortunately you do take the damage. Six non-lethal. And then you take 11 lethal damage. I believe that's oh. considered bludgeoning. Ow. Ah. Uh, I roll over. Uh, I loosened it. Uh. Uh. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, you hear two voices above you. Mr. Finnevere, are you okay? Hey. At least he's alive. Hey, Jaden. Uh -huh. Good thing you're level four, Finn. That would have knocked level three, Finn, unconscious. Oh, yeah, very much. <laughs> um, As I'm given very little choice here, uh, I will have to heal myself. Maybe twice, which is really, really bad for the rest of our adventure. I mean, I have some potions if you want to wait a little bit till I get down there. Uh, you know what? I'm just gonna, I will just lay down here for a minute. Okay, so Finnevere is laying down at the bottom of this small drop. Does he meet the other party? Does he fall on one of them? Okay. Does the impact foam fall on one of them? That would be the better question. Uh, Finnevere, as you fall and land on the ground, you actually hear a small squeal behind you, and it appears that the dark-skinned woman runs over. Oh my goodness, are you all right? Uh, <coughs> as I, I spit out some, some blood. Uh, I'm alive. Thank uh, you for uh, asking. I appreciate it. You know, the point is you're supposed to hold on to the pitons, not fall. Uh, yeah, climbing's never been a strong suit of mine. <clears throat> she offers you a hand to, to help you get up. Uh, I, I take it. Okay. And as she stands you up, she passes you a potion. Oh my gosh. Uh, thank you. Uh, Finnevere Avir. Nice to make your acquaintance. Uh, Veyron Lucierne. It's nice to meet you. I have to go, though. Thank you so much. So she runs off. Uh, you received a potion of cure moderate wounds at level three. Oh my gosh. That's pretty good. I have another person to pay back, but I will one day. That group continues to head down, climbing another set of the pitons until they reach the bottom. Do I get down? You you do make it down. Oh, oh no, Finnevere. Uh, are, you, are you still with us, champ? Uh, I'm here. Oh, this is why I'm Finnevere. Oh, you know, this is why they should have never cut rope climbing from gym class. I'm telling you, this is a mandatory exercise. Wait, you used to do this in class? Absolutely. It used to be a mandatory skill that everyone had to be able to climb to the top and ring the bell. Oh, my gosh. So, um, as you guys are having this conversation, you hear a whistle from up top. And if you look, you actually see 
John Xavier standing at the top, he seems to be brushing his facial hair a little bit and he seems to point in a direction as if trying to indicate something. You can roll a sense motive. That is an 18 plus four for 22. 19 for Charles Smooth. Nine for Alfred. A 15 for Taylor. He seems to be trying to help you a little bit and following his finger's direction, you turn your head and you see that there is a narrow path to the very right that most people would not have noticed rushing down like they have been. See, he's not that bad a guy. Uh, everybody else starts making, like, starts reaching the bottom, and it's followed up by Cece and then Kelsey, who somehow made it down successfully. <laughs> All right. I'm amazed I made it down successfully. I'm going to be honest. Did you take the potion? Uh, I did. Of How course. much did you heal? Uh, oh, you mean, did I, did I swallow the potion? Uh, you know what? Uh, I probably would take it because uh, I should have sense motived her just in case. <gasps> You're right. It could be could, poison. It could be a rookie stomper, but uh, I'll take my chances. Uh, so that's 2d8 plus 3, correct? Uh, yes, for a cure moderate wounds potion. Nice. That is a 5 plus 8 plus 3. So 16. Isn't that all the Oh, that's exactly took? enough. Et voila. Bless you, Ferran. Whoa, that was amazing, Mr. Finnevere. I didn't know you could fly. He can't. He fell. There's a difference. Uh, I can do that once. <laughs> didn't even fall with style. No, I'm just kidding. That was plenty styleful. Well, Mr. Smoot, I was trying not to be rude and tell him that he fell flat on his back like Act a turtle. Actually, he fell flat in the foam. He fell in the foam like a turtle on his back. All right. Uh, we can make uh, we can make fun of my expense later. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, I guess we should uh, keep going down. No, no, no. Check it out. I point out the path. Oh. That, that John pointed out. Uh, I'm a big fan of shortcuts. Yeah, me too. Anything Let, to get ahead. Let's go. Let's give it a try. Especially if it involves less climbing. Yeah, especially after that stunt that we just pulled. I don't know how many more Finnevere has in them. Well, that was the last of my impact foam. So probably none. I'm glad yeah. it wasn't expired. Right. I got it on sale. <laughs> so, you guys, seeing this somewhat narrow path, it's wide enough for you to walk across, but there does not seem to be any handholds for you to have and it seems a bit precarious but it might be better than climbing down directly so do you take this path might as well Ye okay i just need everyone to roll three acrobatics checks uh can uh, i climb instead i would like to sing some inspire competence sure you may do so what does inspire competence give me i think it's, I think it's a plus just... two it might be so that is a uh, a 15, a 15, and a 16 for Taylor in okay. sequence. Cool. I fail the first and third check. I'm a negative one in dexterity, no points in acrobatics, and I rolled a three and a two. Wow! The DC's five! I know! For a wide... I, I just... You, you said it was narrow. Well, it, it's... It's... What is it? What is... What do you have? 13, 15, 9... After I lose my footing, can I roll a climb check? Sure, you may roll a climb to see if you can catch yourself. We'll say that it is sloped. What does sloped do? It's the slopes DC plus 10. Oh, for for catching on a slope? Well, what's so this? it's 15. Okay, I barely make it with 16. Plus two. Okay, so 17. Why not? 18. This is plus two. Okay. Goodness gracious. That's can I just climb one. down? Um, Sure, you can climb down to the next part of the thing. Yeah! <laughs> Ah, 
Hey guys, uh, I, I found a shortcut. I think I'm just gonna climb the rest of the way down and meet you there. Oh really? As I roll a, with including everything, a 16, nine and 18. Okay. The path was narrow enough that I, it, I was just like, because it's so long and you have to travel for so far, I was gonna say, I just have you roll three times for each like layer of it. Yeah, there are multiple travel. segments. That, for that makes sense. So, yes, Charles Smoot. Um, I'm gonna climb down. You, you just start climbing down. It, it because it is a little bit more sloped and slanted on this side. You don't have to have as high of a check for it, thankfully. Well, that's fine. But the rest of you start making your way down, and you just hear behind you at the very back of the group, next to Alan Taylor. Okay, I really hope we were ready for this because this seems insane. Insane! So to climb down the slope, I just assumed that it would be two more climb checks because I failed the first acrobatics check. Sure, we'll make it easy, Quentin. Oh, how many do you want me to roll? I'll roll as many as you want. Okay, Uh, so 25 for both of them. Your character is able to climb down masterfully on the slope, one hand after another, one foot after another, finding each foothold and handhold with perfection. It's almost like if he had actually been in any kind of military service, he might have actually been acknowledged by somebody. I don't know. I prepared for that gosh darn training course I never got to go through. Uh, so how many rounds of bardic inspiration would you say I burned through? I can stagger them to be uh, basically triple their length. Okay. With- so traveling down this entire slope, you're moving, I would say, at half speed in order to not fall to your deaths. Because, I mean, you have to do that with climbing anyway. So it's actually quarter speed, I think, with climbing. But do you anyway. think it'd be like one per check or more? Yeah. As long, okay. as, as, long as your character would like... Whenever Finnevere started to see that some people were getting a little bit more nervous or just getting worn down from going down this very long path, you started singing and playing as best as you could without falling yourself. I just imagine, like, imagine him crab walking along an edge playing <laughs> his lute. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. This is all auditory. That's why That's why my uh, performance sing. Now that you said he's like sidestepping and he's saying he's doing an auditory thing, I just imagine Kronk hug, no, hugging the wall. So by the time you guys make it to the very bottom of this plateau onto a larger flat surface area that doesn't require any more climbing down at this time, you look up and you see that the timer has already dropped down by one hour. Oh, goodness gracious, we got to pick up the pace. If we're going to get anywhere, it's going to take us at least an hour or two to get there, an hour or two back. We don't have that much time, especially if we get into any more kerfuffles. All right, let's make haste. Good job, everyone. So whoever is trying to direct your party to the direction of the ruins that you are heading towards, which was towards the north, I will need you to roll a survival, please. Smoot, why don't you lead us, and I'll take up the rear and keep watch. Fine by me. So Taylor will be keeping watch for any potential would-be murderers. I'll go around high-fiving everyone. Oh, this is so much fun. Cece also does go around and high-five everybody. You know, Good job. You know, minus the chance of death and failure. Yes, I would agree. And the murder. Oh, we're doing great. Didn't you almost die? Didn't I almost die? Well, you didn't, and that's what matters. Now, just let, let's keep going. We're wasting time. You almost failed. He almost died. 21 on smooth survival check for the first one. Okay. So you begin guiding your party towards the direction of the northernmost ruins, keeping them in sight of yourself 
you guys travel for a good distance. It almost feels like you're not getting much closer, though. And it might be further than you had initially thought. Uh, did I ever mention that I'm encumbered? That's a problem. I'm, I, I'm... Ooh, so that does affect your climbing check, by the way. If you don't already account for that. So, um, your character is encumbered and he starts to really recognize that at this time you have too much on you and it's starting to slow the party down guys we gotta pick up the pace if we're gonna have time to get there find something probably get into a fight let's be honest there's gonna be another frog that probably eats finavir uh but all joking aside i i think we should just jog it as fast as we can but if we're exhausted by the time we get back then what's the point oh don't uh we'll we'll keep tally of how everyone's doing. Let's jog for a little bit and just stop before everyone gets too tuckered out. Well, on the upside, if, it looks like we can see the timer from here. Worst case scenario, if we have to, theoretically, we have enough time that we could sleep for a bit. Maybe. We have to see how long it takes us to get stuff. If we can get stuff in the next hour or two, then we have plenty of time as long as we don't get ambushed. We have 14 hours, Smoot. I think we'll be okay. Well, that's what they all say, but what if we want to find multiple relics? What if we don't get, what if there's only one where we're going? What if we need to find a second one? I have to go to a completely different area. I mean, that sounds like a problem for the man who decided to sign up alone. Fine, then. Finders keepers, Taylor. I'm messing with you. We're going to find you one. All I'm saying is if I'm leading, I'm jogging. Fine by me. <sighs> all right, fine. But you know what, Smoot? Whenever we find ice cream again, you owe me. Absolutely. Everyone gets around on me, no matter how expensive it is. That is a dangerous proposal. I understand the implications, Taylor. I don't think you understand how much I want to pass. I wonder if they reinvented Rocky Road yet. Well, we got, certainly have a Rocky Road ahead of us. If... Have you tried looking down? So this is a conversation we're having while we're moving, You right? are moving, and he has started hustling, uh, which Kelsey and Cece have also begun doing to keep up. Got a nice little jog. Happen my step. Do the rest of you also hustle with him? Yep. All right. I attempt to, yes. Okay, the Ye hustle begins. You guys Ye are traveling for another half an hour until him. You can all make a reception check. 24 for Finn. 21 for Charles Smith. 9. 13. Everyone, you hear the sound of rushing water growing nearer, and as you push your way through some of the foliage that you have found yourself in, you break out into the open. And before you is a gorge, appearing to be about 120 feet across from where you are, and below is a steadily flowing river. It appears that you're about 50 feet above the bank of the river, and the water appears deep. But for Finnevere and Charles Smoot, I believe you guys rolled above 20s, right? Yes. Oh yeah, 24. And Andrew, you rolled a nine, right? Nine! Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. Um, so for Finnevere and Charles Smoot, you see that there is a very large gap between you and the other side, a river between you as well, and it's kind of a little disheartening, but looking around, trying to assess the situation, you notice that there are some large appearing rocks upstream several hundred yards away from where you are, and you can sort of make out the top of a boulder that seems to be situated directly in the center of the river, and you see that something is laying across it from the other side of the gorge. And it looks like the gorge might also be a bit narrower upstream. How fast does the stream seem to be moving? Does it look swimmable? Roll a knowledge nature check for me. Ten total. This would be something your character might have learned way back in college, so it kind of is on the tip of your memory. 
but you can tell that the river is relatively old and you know that many of the older rivers tend to have a smooth flow about them unlike younger rivers which are more have more rapids and can be quite dangerous this one more than likely would be safe enough to swim across as long as nothing bites at you underneath uh starts heavy breathing (sighs) all right you ready for another climbing expedition i i get real close to spoot like, I, I touch shoulder to shoulder, well, and that, I whisper well, in his ear. What's your problem? Is this a good time to say that I can't swim? Oh, goodness. Okay. I I have something for this, maybe, but I didn't expect no, there to be no, a no. river. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. What we're going to do... <sighs> okay. Are there any nearby trees? Anyone who can swim well can swim across with a rope, and then everyone else can use said rope to help balance themselves as they walk across the rock formation further upstream. Oh, okay. Alternatively, we could swim across, anyone who can, and leave the rope, and then just drag everyone else through the water. Hmm. That's not a bad idea. And to answer your question, there are trees behind you where you came from. They are a decent distance from the edge of this, to to the edge of this gorge right now, though. Uh, Probably about 100 feet, Hmm. which isn't Uh, terrible, but. While they're discussing this, I'm like slowly pulling out of my bag some air bladders and I go. (laughs) The animal skin version of floaties. (laughs) Nice. That's funny. Oh, goodness. All right. Well, well, Smoot would attach one end of 50 feet of rope to his waist. All right. Someone on this side, hold on to this. I'm going to swim across. Anyone else who can think they can swim across, it shouldn't be too hard. Join me. So should we lower you down the side of this cliff? No, I'm just going to climb that. But if someone wants to hold on to that rope for a little bit extra security. But I mean, I could also fall and then drag whoever it is down with me. Oh, that's... <laughs> Taylor will assist in lowering Smoot. All right. I got this. I can absolutely... Uh, wow, okay. Um, yeah. Cece was trying to push you over the edge, by the way. Oh, oh. I thought a slight gust of wind was blowing through here. Okay. I thought we were supposed to help you down the cliff. Oh, I Help to... me. Don't push me down the cliff. All right, Smoot, I've got the rope. Start climbing. Just get behind Taylor and help lower me down if you want. So so we did do this at the the narrower part, right? Well, there's a bank down at the bottom, so we can just walk down, can't we? Yeah. Well, no, no, no. So there is a bank at the bottom of this cliff, just to explain to Jane. There is a bank at the bottom of the cliff, but you'd have to climb down to get there because this is a gorge. Right. So once you climb down the cliffside, you'll have a small river bank, which you could walk up across and then you could go up to the lighter rock formation if you wanted to try and hop across that more climbing you said all that all i keep thinking is booyah (laughs) yeah i i offer kelsey one of the air bladders if she's Uh, feeling as uh nervous about the water uh how about this uh finnever why don't you and i go look up there at what's uh, going on up there while they figure this out yep sounds like a plan we got a few minutes. All right. Uh, Smoot would begin climbing down. Okay. Uh, Alan Taylor is holding onto the rope. Um, Alan, what is your carrying capacity? My heavy load is 230. Okay. I can lift off the ground 460 pounds. Okay. You can hold him. So you're good. Yeah. And I can drag or push uh, 1,000 pounds. Sounds kosher. So Charles Smoot 
What was your roll? 24 total. All right, yeah, you, you easily pass that. Using the rope that you have tied to your waist, you begin to brace yourself against the wall with your feet and climb down slowly as Alan Taylor lowers you until you finally reach the bottom and Alan Taylor is like literally holding the very edge of the rope. All right. Well, everyone else, make your way down here as you can. Uh, by the way, I double-checked. I don't think I'm encumbered, actually. Okay. I, I unloaded most of my heavy stuff, like eight-pound stuff, and those add up very quickly. Okay. So, uh, Finnevere and Kelsey walked upstream a little bit, and you guys checked out what was up there. Is there anything that Mest would have been doing? Would he have gone with them, or what is he trying to do? I guess I'll try to climb down. All right, now I'm going to try what Smoot's doing, except in reverse. I'm going to take this 50 feet of rope. I'm going to tie it around my waist. I'm going to sit here, sprawled on the ground, and give you a rope to climb down the cliff with. So you can basically just rappel down. All right. Don't uh, make it a whole sure. lot easier to get down. Wait, so you're going to become a bear rug? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, it does match with the amount of hair you have. Bear rug? With what? What's, what's that supposed to mean? Oh, nothing. You <laughs> just smooth. have a hairy chest is all. I have a manly chest. So, Finnevere, you and Kelsey walking over upstream, all over upstream, walking upstream, you actually do see that there is a large boulder, as was stated before, there's a large boulder in the center of the river, and it appears that there are a, two tree trunks that are basically leaned down, one on one side, basically on the side that you guys are at, leaned across to the boulder, and then from the boulder over to the other side of the gorge. And it appears to only be about a 25-foot distance between the boulder and the side that you're on, so about 50 feet across in total. Okay, so it looks like there's a either intentional or an unintentional bridge. Exactly. Uh, does it look particularly slippery? I mean, uh, obviously there can be wetness, but aside from that... Like I, I've you, seen, I've been hiking and I've seen like moss, which so looks. I yeah. would say that that is a survival check. Uh, okay. To determine if it is safe enough for you to cross, versus perception. Five for Finn. I mean, Finnevere, looking at it, it appears that it is sturdy enough, and that it would actually be a lot easier to cross this than it would be to swim. I mean, heck, you don't know what's in the water. There's any, anything could be down there. I mean, the water looks pretty deep. It could be like a hundred feet. I, you don't know. Uh, oh, one last thing. Uh, is the boulder a, does it look like a boulder? Or it does it look like? a boulder. It looks like a boulder. It okay. appears to be a boulder. There is nothing strange about it. Okay. It's a frog. Yeah, the last boulder tried to eat me. It does appear to be a boulder. Okay. All right, uh, this, this might work. Uh, what do you think? This, uh, yeah, I think this would be good. Um, should we let them know that this might be a better way than getting wet? Because, I mean, if we have to carry all of our gear across and it gets wet, well, I know if anybody... We can't really start a fire with wet gear. Uh, I mean, I got a trick for that if it comes to it. But, uh, here, how about this? I'll test it first. I'll go out to the middle, and if that works, then, then you can come out, and then I'll go on the second part. And if that works, then you can come. And then if we find that this bridge is actually viable, then we go tell the others on the other side. Because uh, I... it looks, Smoot's already in the water. Oh, he he is. He is in the water. Uh, while this is going on, um, I, I wish to attempt something to, to make my climbing life a little easier. 
what are you going to do to make your climbing life easier? Uh, I can get myself about halfway down with rope, okay. potentially. Uh, I'm going to try taking the wrench. I'm going to beat it into the ground with the butt end of my spear, <laughs> like a hammer. Oh, yeah. Ignore the hammer you have. Yeah, I don't you, have a hammer. You I were handed, handed a hammer, a hammer, hammer like... to put the pythons in. Oh, then I'd use the hammer. Um, okay. Your character thinks this is an absolutely great idea. I wish to roll survival to <laughs> to, to uh, discern how sturdily this thing is in the ground. All right. Your character begins hammering away at a wrench into the ground. But as you basically hammer it further into the ground, you notice that it doesn't seem to be made to pierce through the hard ground. And it actually seems to bend it and dent it a little bit. And it actually takes a while for you to be able to drive it into anything, but it still kind of is, it shimmies a little bit in the spot. If I kick it, does it stay at least reasonably in pace, in place? No. Eight inches into the ground. Okay. That's not much. We've, we've put stuff up before. I mean, it's still relatively flat, but. Now, if I still have that crowbar, that might be another story. Well, also the idea that it would hold your weight, uh, you probably fall because of the weight it, so the thing is, remember, the pythons have a harder hard have a better hardness than that wrench would have. You are on a cliff. It has been eroded away. There are patches of dirt still, but there's also stone. So where you're trying to okay, if you were going to put it into dirt, it would not be sturdy enough to hold your weight. Um Yeah, I would imagine the ground would just break loose as soon as you put too soft. much weight in it. But you can climb down. That's a one. <laughs> Plus um, what? Plus three. Not so four. Okay. So you can do one of two things. You can A, attempt to catch yourself falling, or you can try to do an acrobatics to uh, ignore the first 10 feet of damage. And it actually does, I just read it, it does exactly what the impact pellet does. It also reduces the mm-hmm. the, uh, the next 10 feet to non-lethal as well. Yes. Can someone try and catch him? Uh. Did you enter the water yet? No, I'm standing at the base of the... You could try to catch him. So you have three options. Land on Smoot. <laughs> what does landing on me look like? Do I take the damage? Uh, You take his... You take massive damage. Massive I feel, damage. I feel like his mass is a lot. Uh, I will attempt to catch myself at some point during the fall. Okay, so you can roll a climb check. That's a seven. If he fails, I will attempt to catch him. He does fail on that, on catching himself. So you begin climbing down, but your feet slip as you find really poor footing um, on some soft dirt that isn't actually just, it's not its not meant to hold weight. So you start to slip and you begin falling. I will allow you to roll an acrobatics if you would like. Uh, sure. Alan Taylor, he, he manages to essentially scrape against the wall a little bit and right himself enough that he lands on his rear. Andrew, just to make this simple, you take six non-lethal damage. Alan Taylor, though, you successfully make it to the bottom of this gorge. Ow, my butt. Wow. Y'all can fly really well. Is this coming from the top or the bottom? This is coming from the top. That's coming from CC from the top. Absolutely, 100%. Wait, did she not climb down before Mm, I climbed down? Not yet, no. Yeah, so... Have fun, guys. Figure out what you're doing down there. Um, once we do, I'll be there, I guess. But, what, what do you mean? We already figured out what we're doing. We're crossing the stream. Well, I mean, Finnevere and Kelsey are all the way up there. Well, whether you're swimming across or crossing that rock formation up ahead, you're going to have to come down eventually. Uh, 
Finnevir, you wanted to do the crossing of the of the gorge on the boulder. Uh yeah, I wanna I wanna try well, one half at a time, slowly and God fearingly. God fearingly. Finnevir, you begin crossing, and you you okay. Let me clarify. When you say you walk to the middle, are you saying you go to the boulder, not yes. the middle of the trunk? Correct. Okay. I go to the I go to the boulder, uh, effectively, uh, from my understanding, halfway across, and then I will wait for Kelsey. Okay. Um, the it is a narrow trunk at ten inches wide. I would need you to basically try to do your best to balance. That would be acrobatics to balance. A uh, total of twenty. Finnevir, with the greatest of ease, you are able to cross over the first trunk. It doesn't feel unsturdy to you. It feels really good, although. You do notice that there is a bit of a creaking sound as you head towards the center of the trunk, but you do make it across. Is there any way to judge that more? Also, I might have been to that. You, you tell me if I'm in a dex for having all this uh, fluff in my shirt. <laughs> you, I mean, I'm not going to put you at negatives for having that in your shirt right now. Okay. All right. Um, since I do care for my uh, party's safety, is there any way to judge that better? If not, then we'll just continue. The best way for your character to judge it is to essentially either test it again. Um, based on your last check of it, it seemed fine. I will test it again. Okay. All right. So you, you start walking back across it. Yep. Just got to double check something. What? What? Okay. It's a little creaky. I put a little little warm weight with one foot. Okay. So you put... Yeah, testing Do, do you lead. go all the way back on or you just step on a part of it? Uh, I go as far as I need to to be able to put one foot on it and test my weight. Remember, it is a distance of 25 feet. It is a 25-foot-long trunk. Uh, you are able to put your foot on it with ease, and you don't really hear anything. Okay. That's uh, great. Then I, I go back, and then I'll, I'll tell her to come across. Okay. If she's comfortable enough. <laughs> I need a roll. Kelsey begins to cross over the wooden trunk. And as she does, she seems to lose her footing just slightly, but she catches herself again. And she makes it to the center. All right, so far so good. How you feeling? That was exhilarating and terrifying. I think these are like synonymous words in some circles. Molly says it gets easier, but that's not necessarily a good thing. I don't quite understand what he meant. <sighs> I'm just worried, Finevere. I don't know if we were ready for this. Well, well, as long as we got each other's backs, I think we'll pull through. Uh, I wish we had more people who had our backs. Well? I miss him, too. Oh. Oh, hey, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> who are you talking about? Oh, uh, uh, I'll just, like, snap back to reality, kind of, as like, uh, well, I'll, I'll take this extra trip, then. Uh, oh, yeah, your boyfriend, that's right, Amali. All right, as I creep out with a, uh, total of seven on my acrobatics while I'm flustered. Finnevere of beer. As you begin crossing on the secondary plank up here, you feel yourself lose your footing and you begin to fall into the water below. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Desperately grasping at nothing, holding onto my floaties. Um, so back down below. Do this, I see this? this? No, this happens like this is it happens up the river. It's up river, and it's been like they've had time. They've been up there for a little bit longer than you. You have already been at the bottom, 
So this is your turn, and then we'll do like a catch-up scene. Cool. Smoot would just attempt to swim across the river with the rope still tied to his waist. That way, if anyone needs to... Uh, some, someone hold on to this just in case anyone needs to be dragged across. I will hold it. I'm looking at you, Mast. I don't know if you passed PE or not. I'm still on the fence about that one. Hey, I can swim. Mest is the only one that's not us down here. Yeah, I know. I'm still up here. I will not be down until I know that it is safe. Cece! What? None of this is safe. What about any of the situations that seem safe? Well, I mean, honestly, you know, this actually would have been probably a better idea is if we stacked all three of you on top of each other, we could almost reach the top of this, the cliff, and then I could climb on top and then... Why did you not climb down the rope while I was waiting there? You want the honest answer or you want... You want something that sounds better. What is the honest answer? Uh, eh, eh. Well, it was already a problem when I was up there. I barely managed to do it because, <laughs> oh well, Uncle John kind of told me I had to do it. Um, I'm scared of heights, and this is really high, and why is everything so tall? Then why did we not ha- I could have tied the rope around you and just lowered you down like smooth. Well, listen, okay? It's too uh, late now. I'm listening. Oh, look. There he goes in the water. Woo. Coming through. Uh, and yes, it is at this time that you hear a giant splash up top as Charles Smoot also enters the water, which makes things kind of confusing. Did anyone else hear a second splash? What? Also, is that a storm? No, there, there, there's no storm. Wait, wait a second. I think that's Kelsey and she's waving her arms. What? Wait, why, why is Kelsey waving? She's she's pointing, and oh, oh, look, it's a body. Wait, a body? Whose body? Well, uh, by the way, Finnevere, Avere, the thing with water is you still fell from a height, but it is non-lethal damage. You take seven non-lethal damage from the fall into the water. <laughs> you are submerged momentarily under the water, and as... Your body slowly starts to resurface because of the swimming bladders that you have on you, the air bladders you have on you. Mm -hmm. You begin to rise back up to the surface. Make a perception for me really quick. Oh, that is a a second in a row. One plus six to be a total of seven once again. Oh, as you come back up through the water, the murky grossness of it kind of just covers your eyes and it's very difficult to see. It's very blurry. You barely see in the distance what looks to be like a blurry form moving through the water. Maybe two forms? You say as you surface water still in your mouth a little bit. (laughs) All of you make a perception check, except for uh, Thinavir, who's already made his. 18 for Taylor. 7 for Charles Smoot. Also a 1 plus 6. 23 for Alfred. Okay. Luckily, that one for both me and Finnevere was not on our swim checks. All right. Smoot, you are already in partially submerged in the water, uh, standing there, you do see that the water is getting relatively deep. You're not sure how deep, though, from where you are standing, but you can see that it drops off pretty suddenly um, towards the center. Alan Taylor and Mest, your attention was drawn towards the direction of the splash as well as where Kelsey is pointing, and you see a fair-skinned figure soaking wet, floating and bobbing down the water and flailing his arms about, and it is Finnevere who has somehow managed to go for a swim. Uh, Charles Smoot, you, you took no notice of the flailing arms and whatnot. You you are getting ready to enter the water. 
You can make one more perception check. If you do not see him. Uh, 16 for my perception check. You hear in water and splashing and flailing, which actually seems to get picked up more so by you because it's getting much closer. And you see the body of Finnevir floating towards the center of the river. Oh no, not again. Downstream. I would swim after it, try and catch him. You enter deeper into the water, submerging yourself fully, um, and then you try to begin your swimming towards him. Go ahead and roll your swim. 17. Okay. You begin swimming towards Finnevere of Veer. Finnevere, your body is screaming in pain from the impact and the frigid cold of the water. Smoot, your body's had a chance to get used to it. It is cold, though. I dip my toes in first. Yes. Finnevere, you are suspended in this liquid. Your body is being slowly pulled down the river towards Smoot and the group, but you are being pulled with really no other answer except to sit there and hope you your air bladders stay full of air and you do not sink. I, I, I fish through and try to get on my white glove. Okay, so you, so you start going through your stuff, um, trying to fish through it. Uh, Charles Smoot, as you begin swimming, uh, your feet lifting off of the rest of the, the bank, you feel no bottom beneath you. Very, very deep, and there's nothing for you to really grab onto. But you feel something brush up against your leg. Please be a stick. Please be a, a piece of debris suspended in the water. I do not feel like and fighting you, fish monsters. Or a peaceful fishy salmon. And then you feel it quickly move around you and feel a sharp pain in your leg. Roll for water initiative. Water initiative. This would be just for um, Smoot and... Finnevere right now, unless ever anybody else enters into the combat, you can roll your initiatives, however. 13 for Charles Smoot. 7 for Finnevere. What is Alan Taylor's initiative if he is going to participate in combat? An 18. Alright, I need so your initiative. I, 7. Alan Taylor, you are technically first up in the initiative order. I will prepare an action to start pulling and dragging on Smoot's rope if either he grabs Finnevere or Finnevere grabs onto him or the rope. If either of those happen, I will start dragging the rope to shore. How far in, like, lengthwise across the river are we? So you guys did not really move upstream any closer. You are at the 120-foot distance, so I'm going to say that with the bank, um, it's about 10 foot of bank on either side. It's about 100 feet of, of distance. You have had to swim... I would say at this point, we'll just say halfway to make it easy. Okay. So, I mean, theoretically, I could also is just the, swim Is Jayden the river across. 100 feet wide? Yes. Yes, that's what I'm saying right now. At this point, it got narrower the further up we went. So, if we walked further up, we would have had to swim a shorter period of time. Okay. So, uh, Alan Taylor, then you ready your next action. Charles Smoot, it is your turn. Actually, no, make a perception check. Hopefully, don't fail this perception. 12. Okay. Beneath you in the murky water, you are able to observe that there's a fish the size of a golden retriever that is swimming in the water. It has a long face that kind of looks like an alligator's, but it is definitely a fish. And if you would like, I would let you roll a knowledge nature. I would like to roll one of my best skills. Uh, What does an 18 get me? It appears to be similar to a species of... Does your character like to fish? He would have at least watched River Monsters. Okay, your character watched River Monsters. You remember in an episode where there was this guy that 
went out of his way because he believed that this fish was greatly misunderstood. It is the common gar. Yeah. Okay. It's a garfish. Um, They are not known to be particularly aggressive, although this one, for some reason, is being aggressive towards you. They are predatory fish, and while they are scary looking, they aren't necessarily very strong or hardy. Well, then, the one thing to do is stab it. Okay. I will pull out my army knife and attempt to hit it. Okay. Does your army knife do piercing or slashing? Uh, I think you can do either. It depends on, like, the motion. I'd assume slashing, though. Okay. Uh, slashing damage in water is at a minus two penalty to hit and half damage. If it is a piercing weapon, it does not take that penalty. Can I, like, thrust downward to do Absolutely. piercing damage? Then I would thrust downward, because you said it's attached to my leg, too, right? I did not say it's attached to your leg. Well, I said it, felt, it, it It did it. It hit against your leg. You have not taken damage from that. Oh, I haven't. Okay. No. Well, where is it? Is it still, like, near me? It is swimming underneath of you. Underneath of me? So can I even hit it? Not from this distance at this time, but you could, again, ready in action to go against the fish. If you would like. Uh, how long can I ascertain it would take for Finnevere to get to my current location? So the funny thing is, this is like almost like a lazy river. Not, most rivers, people move at a rate of three miles per hour. So he's actually moving really slowly down the river. He's just panic, panicking. Oh, okay. So he's fine. Smootwood ready in action in anticipation for this thing to actually attack him, knowing that it is predatory and prepare to hit it if if it hit him, but doing so with a thrusting motion as to hit it with the top of the dagger and pierce its skin. Okay, sounds good. All right. Um, so you basically ready your action, delaying your turn until like the guard gets ready to attack, which it does. It quickly turns tail and it starts to swim up towards you rapidly and attempts to bite at you, which it does. It hits which I believe you would get that almost like a reflexive attack. So I would let you have that. We have a 20 to hit. Okay. A 20 does hit. Please roll your damage. A total of six damage. You ram your dagger down into the water, feeling the splash and cold water go up into your face. But you do feel that you make impact and you see a small stream of blood uh, start to form underneath the dagger as it does pierce through the creature's flesh. And... You, are, in turn, are also attacked and damaged, and you take nine damage. Jesus! Uh, Finnevere, you are flailing, but you are moving very slowly towards Charles Smooth. Do you do anything on your turn? Uh, I don't know if I can see anything. I'm on my back, and there's this big bag on my face, even more so now that I'm in the water. Oh, does, is this an opportunity for your characters to start thinking about lyrics and the meaning of life and just relaxing as you start to realize that this is kind of like a lazy river. Uh, it is a coping mechanism of yeah, mine. Yeah, yeah. Would you, would you like to use this as an opportunity for that? Uh, yes. And as this is a fearful situation, I will try to inspire courage. Absolutely. So you start singing very loudly? Uh, yes. By the way, your loot is soaked. Oh, oh no. no. Well, if I can speak, that is that is you my main form. You can speak. You can. I can't think of any of appropriately Mimi songs. <laughs> uh, smooth underwater. No. <gasps> row, row, row your smooth gently down the stream. Wow. Merrily, merrily. You just see Cece up on the shore, like holding her ear. Wow, listen to that. The singing gets so much better when he's in danger. Uh, so, Alfred Kenneth Mest, um, it is your turn in the order 
if you do anything, just let me know. I guess I would probably try to shout to Finevere to try to grab the rope or smoot as he comes down the river. Okay. And we'll we'll try to pull him out. Okay, uh, smoot. I mean, not smoot. Finevere, you need to make perception check as he is shouting and you are singing. Um, yeah. And there's also a river. 23 for Finn. Okay. You are at a penalty for your own singing and you are distracted. And you are also in the water. You hear something being shouted on the shore. How do you react? Like there's, there's, it's barely audible to you. Uh, a rope? Oh, oh, I try to write myself so I can see the rope. Okay. Um, sure. You write yourself and you do see Charles Smoot. He's a good distance away and you are moving at a very leisurely, like very calm and leisurely pace, just uh, floating and bobbing down the river. Did I get to my magic bag? Uh, you were able to get to your magic bag, but that would be on your turn because your oh, yeah, turn you, you, passed. You, you, you let me know. Yeah. Alan Taylor, it is your turn. Would you like to continue to ready your action? So is Finn, did Finn get a, Finn got a hold of the rope then? No. no or, oh, big no, no. He's got some time before he would even get close to the rope. He is in a lazy river right now. He is very slowly moving towards Charles Smoot, who is currently fighting a fish. This fish is still attacking Smoot. Oh, yeah. Yes. How far off the bank is he? 50 feet. You are at the very edge of your rope. Very edge. My swim is not fast enough to do anything. And I'm not comfortable shooting at smooth. Understandable. <sighs> I will start dragging him upstream towards Finn, I guess. Okay, so... You moving him, you'd be moving him away from the gar, which would provoke an attack of opportunity against him by the gar. Because I am exiting a threatened square. You can do so if you believe your character would do that. I guess I, I, I just prepare the same action. Okay. It is a difficult situation. Readying an action, Charles Smoot is your turn. Stab. Okay. Roll to hit, please. Natural crit. Okay. Uh, please confirm. Natural one. It is... It still hits, you just don't get the bonus damage. We still do eight damage on our attack. Okay. Uh, as you pierce down again uh, with your dagger, you feel it enter into the fleshy uh, substance of this creature, and you actually do feel it kind of recoil back, uh, and it, it does appear to be injured. All right, Taylor, don't worry about me. I should have things under control here. So, with the damage that you have done to this creature, it begins to attempt to withdraw. Okay. Which it swims down deeper into the water and moves away from you. Okay. I mean, I literally cannot take an action in response, so. Okay. And then that is the end of combat. All right. I'll, oh, goodness. I'll swim up to meet Finnevere and then I'll, I'll drag him across. I will walk his leash up. Nice. Okay. Finnevere, you are slowly bobbing your way down and you see Smoot being swimming towards you and there is a rope tied to him. It looks like he's being walked like a dog. Uh, no, nothing else matters. Please. <laughs> I, I reach out. Uh, Smoot, you, he reaches out, but you're barely reaching his fingertips. And because he does not swim and he is floating, you, 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 either he's going to have to drop the rope or, or you watch Finnevere float down the river. Who's going to have to drop the rope? 
He is currently holding the rope. Finnevere is... Because Finnevere was crossing to the other side, he has been on a basically a consistent trajectory of about 25 feet from the shoreline. Oh, so I have, to, I have to swim a little bit further yes. to get mm -hmm. caught. If yes. that is the case, then I will allow Smoot to go further by jumping into the water myself, and I will command Mest. Mest, grab the Animar rope. We daisy chain it. Yes. I, so I, Smoot's going to make it across, and I'll be in the water, and I'll pull myself across, and then I'll be dragging Mest along with me, and Smoot and I can drag me closer, which drags Mest closer as he just holds on to the edge. Human ingenuity. Okay. Uh, you hear uh, Cece shout, I'm gonna go and meet up with Kelsey because she seems to have already made it across. Yeah, well, you, see you, you over go, there. You go across the bridge up there. Well, well we should be okay down here. Okay. I'll see you soon. Don't stop me now. Having a good time. This is not a good time, Finnevere. brisk. Yes, please roll your swim. 23 for Smooth Swim. 11. Oh, I'm sorry, 22 for Smooth Swim. 11 for, for Taylor's Swim. Okay, it does pass, but I would, if you had rolled any lower, if you had failed by five, I would have said that Al Taylor started trying. And, and then that would have pulled me back. <laughs> no, but you are both uh, able to swim, although it is a little cumbersome having a rope in your hand, Alan Taylor. It's kind of making it difficult. Charles Smoot, you manage to grab Finnevere and you begin pulling him to the other side. Oh, goodness, Finnevere. This is why they shouldn't have taken out swimming out of PE. What kind of school did you go to? That's what I want to know. Well, there was school and then there were the after studies. And they had this PE that some of former militia? Physical, Physical education. education. Got it. Cool. Okay. Um, so, Mest, you find yourself, uh, the, the rope is pulled taut and you find yourself starting to be forced to walk towards the water. Uh, I don't like how murky it looks. Oh, here goes nothing. I'll, I'll attempt to get into the water and start trying to swim. Okay, they're they're pulling you, so... Yeah, you just have to get a good hold of the rope, and just, we're just going to drag you across. Yeah, Make sure your head's above the water. They hold. 13. Okay, they, they pull you with force. Actually, no, wait, that would be a 14, sorry. You get pulled with such force, your, your mouth kind of fills with the water, unfortunately. It's not, it, it tastes gross. It's gross. You, you get pulled to the other side of the shore, coughing up this water. D does it taste of fish and regret? Don't drink it. That's where fish pee. I got <laughs> And bleed now, thanks to me. What? I'm not going to ask. I'm not going to ask. Kelsey is looking over at the edge of the cliff on the other side, over top of you all. You know, it probably would have been easier if you went upstream to the shorter end. Instead of continuing this... Okay, listen here, Captain but Hindsight. Did someone grab me or not? Yes. Oh, I grabbed you ages ago. Okay. And I, I grabbed you ages ago and succeeded my swim check to carry you across. And if anything, there was now a daisy chain through the middle of the river that probably would have caught you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <gasps> and, and Cece runs up. Oh, my goodness. And she's also looking down at you all. Y'all look like drowned rats. No, what happened was I almost drowned a gar. It's very tricky to do because it's a fish you and shouldn't. they breathe water. You shouldn't drown guards. Gar, not guards. It's a fish. It's about yay big and took this much of a chunk out of my leg. Motions to bite on leg. There, There is bleeding at the leg spot. Do, do, do we have rags to like... Uh, you are all soaking wet. All of your clothes and equipment are wet. Uh, do we make it to the other side? Yeah. Yeah, you've been there. Yeah, we're, we're, we're on, on the other dry bank. land. We're on the other bank now. We have to now climb back up. 
tourniquets and, and compression are still good regardless of wet. Uh, if you want to cut off the circulation with a tourniquet, be my guest, but I'd like to keep the leg. It's like got this. Oh, gosh, everything's wet. Um, oh, gosh. Uh, I get out my sealed vial of bugs. Your sealed vial of bugs is sealed. Uh, I fish one out and try to perform a cure light wounds on Smoot. Sure, you smash the bug. And you see as the light emanates from your hand traveling down. And as you touch against Charles Smoot's wound, it seems to fade away. All of the blood uh, stains are still there. Goodness. Literally, smearing bug, bug guts in a wound is the exact opposite of hygiene from what I remember when I came from. But apparently it works now. Well, gentlemen, should we, um... Climb up out of a hole? Well, that's you. I'm already up here with Cece. Right, so you said gentlemen, and all the gentlemen are in a hole. All right. Let's go. No use complaining about it now. So I guess Smoot will climb first, and Taylor follows behind, and we'll make a daisy chain of ropes for the other two to climb. Uh, I, I would like to deflate my airbag sure. now. Uh, so, Kelsey looks down before you do that. Wouldn't it be better if you just boosted up best and threw us the rope and we could tie a rope up here so he can climb up? Instead of doing a whole thing that seems unnecessary? So yeah, couldn't we just throw the rope up to you by attaching something weighted towards the end? Yeah. How, how high is this side? 50 feet. Can, can you throw 50 feet? You probably am with your strength. Can I? What's the range increment of a rock with the strength of well, three? What I was saying Good is, question. you guys, you, you stack on top of each other. Like Russian nesting dolls. And then you throw it. No, not like Russian nest, Russian nesting dolls. Th those hide inside of each other. All right, all right Taylor, all right. get on my shoulders. Hold up, hold up. Mesk, you're good at throwing things, right? I mean, kind of. Can you throw anything? <laughs> Got him with my puns. Perhaps. Uh, perhaps I can guide it along as I, like, uh, gesture my glove. Uh, we're naming all the pathfinders. I will tie the bent wrench to the end of my rope. Huh. Wait a second. Finavir had a good idea. Um, he you did. can use that magic stuff you have. Uh, yes, this magic stuff is actually quite useful. I, I, I start levitating the, uh, the rope a bit with, uh, Mage Hand. What's the range of Mage Hand? Oh, the range of, the range of Mage Hand is much less, uh, significant to this as the <laughs> weight. Uh, it's five pounds. Five pounds. Yeah, five pounds of force. Wait a second, hold on. It's unfortunate you don't have anything to animate rope. It is unfortunate <laughs> I don't have anything to animate but rope. But also... You know I have rope, right? Why can't you just drop rope down? Yeah, I mean... Wouldn't that be way easier than us, all of us? What? I was going to let you guys figure this out for a second, and then... I what was, was the first thing you suggested? Well, y'all are hard-headed. Yeah, we'll own so that. You, so you should have just thrown the rope down. Oh, not said anything. You're right. You see as Cece runs over and throws an entire thing of rope down. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, does she not grab hold to the other end? No. <laughs> Cece, was, was that Kelsey's rope or your rope? Wait, um, is there more than one rope up there? I sure hope so. That's what we're trying to find I out. I sure hope so. Uh, well, it looks like that was my rope. Lady uh, said throw it down. I, I tried to chuck it back, holding one side. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I feel like that's not going to end well. Uh, plus zero of a uh, uh, total 15. Uh, guide. Cheat. Well, it starts with him throwing it, and then it's just he realizes, wait a second, and he begins doing the whole mage hand. It gets the about halfway up there, starts to come back down, mage hand goes back uh, up. Uh, uh, uh. Ah, 
Well, that was amusing. You gotta always turn all these situations kind of lighter. Uh, the rope does manage to reach the very top, and they pull it taut, and they seem to tie it around something up top. And it seems sturdy. Hold on, how high was this cliff wall? 50 feet. We only had 50 feet of rope, and they had to at least take it a bit away to get it tied to well, something. It so can still be like four left? or five feet off the ground, and we can still grab it. Mm-hmm. Well, no, so you, there's enough rope for you guys to climb up with okay. without a problem. So you guys, uh, you need to roll your climb check. Again, with rope, it is much easier than without it. I'll just take 10. Same. Okay. So it'll be a 15 total for Smoot. Uh, it'll be a uh, 13 for Taylor. 21 for Finn. I got a 17. It passes. Go, You guys all make it up, and you make it to the top. Finally reaching the other side of this gorge. Wow. You did it, guys. And onward, Smoot. Uh, Smoot has a survival of 19. So, your sopping wet bodies march forth with Smoot guiding you once again. And again, you're traveling for a good while. The... Ruins in the distance getting slightly closer, but it does seem like they're still a few, maybe miles off from where you are. It's going to take some time to get there. But, well, on the upside, all of you can just make a brief perception check. A brief perception check? Ooh, did we get to see spoilers in the next episode? It's it's not spoilers. It's, it's uh, cliffhanger material. No, no, no. We did plenty of that already. <laughs> oh, we did plenty of cliffhanging today. Uh, that that would be a uh, 14 for Finnevere. Uh I got a rousing 12. 17 for Taylor. Okay. Total of 20 for Charles Smoot. Okay. So, from scaling cliff faces, balancing at treacherous heights, and marching through deep brush in this unforgiving environment, you stumble your way into a valley. And surprisingly, you find some comfort. For the first time since the beginning of the trial, sheer wonder and amazement fill you at the picturesque scene before you. A cool breeze passes across the grass, bending the delicate blades. There are no gullies or ravines for you to trek across, no hills for a good distance. The only thing within the center of this grassy valley is the skeletal structure of a building reclaimed by nature and a field of yellow flowers surrounding it, and a wild auroch grazes in the field but we'll have to find out what happens next time on the gate chronicles as we will end it here for today's episode thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the gate chronicles foundlings we're so glad to have you join us and journey along with the party as they have literally left us on cliffhangers multiple times today emotional trauma abounds and well if you've enjoyed today's episode or you've been enjoying the Gate Chronicles series, please make sure you leave us a rating and a review on whatever podcast listening app that you are on, like iTunes or Podchaser, I believe Stitcher as well. And if you want to support the podcast in other ways, please make sure you go to our website, missingroleplayerfound.com. That's missing R-O-L-L playerfound.com. And you can go to our store and get a hold of some merchandise. We actually have a really nice Finnevere shirt 
that says, I can't be responsible for Sleeping Finn. And boy, he can't be responsible for Sleeping Finn because he's asleep. And that's how that works. So make sure you go to our store or you guys can go to our Patreon. That link is in the description below. Or you can go to bit.ly forward slash support MRPF, where you can donate to us monthly and get access to early release of episodes, as well as a few other tidbits here and there. And make sure you guys are following us on our social media accounts on Twitter and Instagram at RollFound and also on our Discord, where that link is also in the description below, where you can join us to chat, hang out, talk about the podcast, play video games. Who knows? We can't wait to hear from you, Foundling. We love you. And also, you can send us an email at info at missingroleplayerfound.com if you want to, you know, reach us sometimes like in other ways, like that that's a way, I guess it's like the old way, but it works. Anyway, thank you so much again for listening and we will see you next, next week, foundlings. Bye. Bye guys. Bye. See you all next fall. <laughs>